his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Ah, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. A little breaking news this afternoon. Did you notice that orange thing in the sky? Fred, what is that? Uh, I believe that is the sun. Oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, it came out earlier when I was in the Fenton High Ridge area where I live, and I thought, what the hell is that thing? It's kind of nice to have it. It's about 50 degrees today, and uh, all is well with the planet. Although Sue Thomas is not back yet. She will be here tomorrow. Looking forward to that. I am, too. She's going to give a full review of a restaurant called Squabble in Houston, and the reason that's important is because my son works there, and Sue went on Saturday night with her brother Jeff, and she sent some pictures and said they had a great time. It's a really good um, restaurant, apparently. Sue compared it to a Chero, which is an awesome restaurant here hmm. in St. Louis, which is uh, owned by um, someone I went to high school with, that uh, Jimmy Fiala went to Parkway West class in 1983. But the uh, the chef at this particular restaurant, Squabble, just was nominated last week for James Beard Award. So that was kind of cool. So she's back tomorrow. I, I so, oh, and I will, I so want to get into the, uh, and I'm not even making this up. I think to some of you out there, it's going to be like I'm making this up, but there is a pretty widespread conspiracy theory this afternoon making the rounds that the NFL has conspired, you see, to make sure that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because then Taylor Swift is going to give an endorsement to Joe Biden. And who's spreading that rumor, Mark? Come on, that's crazy. That's nutty. Oh, I don't know, a former presidential candidate in Vivek Ramaswamy. So I'll get to that in due time. But we do have pretty uh, sad and important news to start with here. And I think still some questions about this um, attack in Jordan on the military outpost where the enemy drone approached the target at the same time the U.S. drone was returning to base. Fred, I don't know if you've got a better handle exactly on what happened here because um, in the reporting, the Wall Street Journal, I think, broke this story originally. They said there was confusion over whether the incoming drone was a friend or foe, and the enemy drone was launched from Iraq by a militia backed by Tehran. But then the administration's not really willing to pin this on Iran right now. They're being very careful, I think, maybe too careful. Yeah, Sabrina Singh, the uh, main Pentagon spokesperson right now, uh, was asked that question, you know, did we just miss it and misidentify it as being a U.S. drone? Right. It really wasn't. And she wouldn't say that. She said we're not ready to make any statement on that. Well, unfortunately, three soldiers um, died, and I think the the number of injured here, and I don't know if this is going to grow, but the number of injured is uh, 35 plus. So this was a pretty serious attack, and uh, you have Sergeant William Drone Rivers of Carrollton, Georgia, 48, uh, Kenny Layden Sanders, 24, of Georgia, uh, Brianna 
Alexandria, Moffitt, 23 of Savannah, Georgia, all were in the 718th Engineer Company. That's an Army Reserve unit based at Fort Moore, Georgia. I believe we're supposed to have Sean Spicer on the show tomorrow, right. Fred. He uh, he used to take his you know National Guard missions from right here in the St. Louis area over at um, the Air Force Base. Over at, at Scott. Scott. Yeah, you'd fly into St. Louis and all he, the time. he would always mention that he was coming into St. Louis, so he's going to be on tomorrow. Didn't he just get maybe called into something recently as well? Uh, he just got back from duty about a right. week or so ago. So we're going to hook up with Spicy tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have something to, to say about this. So a couple of things as we get started on this particular front. First of all, KJP. Now, you tell me what this is about. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks, who are brave, who are always fighting, what? who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration, of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly. So there's a couple of options there. Not yeah. what, What's your instinct on what she was I, doing there? I think she was trying to avoid a gender term. I think she way. was, too. Now, there's there's two possibilities. I, I always look at these things from a multiplicity of angles. Even I don't even know if that's a word, <laughs> but it was a movie, so I'm going to use it. it there, there's a possibility that, yes, it, to me it jumped out right away. Well, she's trying not to you know, use genders here. On the other hand, there was one man and two women who were killed in this accident. I will say that, Fred, you know, I have to think about this in terms of saying things in public and your brain works only so quick sometimes. Maybe there was some doubt in KJP's mind if she was about to say men, which maybe that would shock me because you can't say that. She didn't want to say men when there were two women who were killed. And she didn't want to say women if there were two, you know, men that were killed and a woman. So maybe there was hesitation just because of that, although it didn't come off as very good. Or maybe she couldn't remember the word soldiers. And so she had to say military personnel. I don't know. I, it it yeah. was weird and awkward. Uh, but maybe even, you know, and I, I want to bring this up just because a few weeks ago, I, I think this is interesting, and I'm going to keep watching it. Fred, I think I told you I was doing this. So about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago, I'm sitting in our boss's office, Steve Moore, and I don't even know how this came up. But somehow we started talking about the show The West Wing, which was very popular on NBC decades ago, right? Martin Sheen played Jedediah Bartlett, the president. You had a great cast, many of whom I think actors at the time that we didn't really know who they were. It was Aaron Sorkin who wrote the dialogue. Now, the reason that this is germane is because I'm telling you, I'm watching this show right now. I went back. Steve sort of inspired me to go back, and I always look for a show late at night when I'm trying to fall asleep. And that way, you know, if I miss something, I've already seen the show. I can skip to the next one. Not a big deal. And um, I started watching it. I was amazed by several things. Now, there is a storyline. There's literally a storyline in the first few episodes of The West Wing where uh, President Bartlett gets assigned a new doctor who is from the military, and he ends up getting shot down by the Russians. Some of this is foggy just because I'm falling asleep during the right. show because I can't recite all the whole thing. So he's a Democrat, all right? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I understand this is a TV show, but I think the parallels are interesting. He plays a Democrat who... I think would be to the um, to the right of Mike Parson these days. All right, right. So let's put it that way. Yeah, in the eighties, it would yeah. be a de- well. He's in it's in the nineties, two thousand year. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, right around two thousand, okay. I think is you know so Clinton post Clinton, if you will. Well, basically Clinton wasn't that super progressive compared to what we have today. But there's a big episode where he battles with the Joint Chiefs on what the measured response is, the proper response to that attack. 
and they go back and forth because they're trying to hit some military targets as retaliation, right? Is that the pro- is somebody lost their lives? And President Bartlett's like, wait a second, we need to put the hammer down here and, you know, do something a little bit more forceful. Well, they walk through it and they the whole episode goes on and he has to come to an understanding that you can't use your anger to necessarily conduct U.S. foreign policy, although sometimes maybe that's not the worst thing. But I bring it up because... It's crazy, the, the parallels. There is a scene, you'll love this one. I think I need to find the audio. Our friend Jazz Shaw might be on the show. Uh, is he on today? Yeah, he's on today. Okay, this is, maybe I'll look for this, this clip. There's a scene in the West Wing in the episode I watched last night, which I think is like the sixth episode of the first season, sixth or seventh, where there's a guy that goes to Josh Lyman, who's the, he's not chief of staff, because that's John Moran, yeah. but he's like uh, second deputy chief of staff or something yeah. like that. And the guy is pitching him, he's sitting in his office, and he's pitching him on taking a folder to the president with some sensitive information about UFOs and aliens. And Josh Lyman just rips him and says, no, I'm not taking that to the president because he's going to laugh. But think about that. We now have <laughs> Star Force, right? We have reports that are coming to Congress and from Congress about UFOs. I just thought it was kind of interesting, the dynamics. There was an episode early on where they were talking about there were Democrats that were actually flagging out-of-control, ridiculous spending in the U.S. government on this show. Oh, my, how things have changed. But when it comes to the response, I think that's what I want to focus in on because I thought about that. I think maybe everything relates to TV shows in my life, Fred. What's the (laughs) measured response here? There is a sense that the administration is not going to do enough. And you might remember that there was, um, you know, this this notion of don't do it. Just say don't do it. If you do something, Iran, you know, we're going to strike back. We're going to hold your feet to the fire. Well, what are they going to do here? This is Jackie Heinrich with Kirby. So it's clear, obviously, that don't didn't work. Does the president have any regret over not pushing, punching back harder in any of the prior responses that he's taken to these proxy attacks on U.S. forces? I would, but uh, I think I would push back on the idea that we didn't push back harder. Uh, that we have taken significant action against uh, Iran economically. We have certainly taken some ad- additional and uh, more aggressive steps to go after these groups. Um, we're certainly taking aggressive action uh, against the Houthis to try to d- defend shipping in, in the Red Sea. I mean, this idea that somehow we've just, you know, whistled past the graveyard here and, and, and walked away from the challenge that Iran poses just isn't borne out by the facts. Okay, but you have three military deaths and maybe more because you have 35-plus injured. So what are you going to do about this? And I'm going to give you a couple of perspectives from presidential candidates here in a second. Kirby says, well, I think it was Jackie Heinrich who you heard here in that bite. Have we ruled out? you know, any kind of strike inside of Iraq, Iran. I think you can understand. I hope you can understand. I'm not going to telegraph punches here. We are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not looking to escalate the tensions any more than they already have been escalating. In fact, everything we've done has been designed to try to de-escalate those tensions. That said, this was a very serious attack. It had lethal consequences. We will respond and we'll respond appropriately. I'm not going to telegraph what that's going to look like. Nikki Haley on Fox today still trying to be a part of the presidential discussion, talking about her ideas. This is not about hitting Iran hard. This is about hitting Iran smart. It's making sure, I don't know what Biden is waiting on. He has got to strengthen those sanctions. When he loosened them, he allowed billions of dollars 
from China to go into Iran when they imported oil. You've got to take away the money from Iran because that takes away the money from the proxies. That's the first thing they need to do. So Mike Pompeo weighing in on this as well, and he's talking about deterrence mainly. If we stay on our back foot, if we continue to be reactive, if we continue to say, gosh, when they do something, we're going we're gonna to hold them accountable, the Iranians will continue at this. And it will not only be in Israel, in Gaza, it will be all across the world. They are the world's largest state sponsor of terror. They're deeply connected to Iran and China. And until President Biden manages to restore deterrence, I think we're risking escalation continuing in exactly the way we've seen it happen in these past weeks. All right, so we're going to cover that throughout the afternoon here. We're going to get started. You know, the big story last week we talked about on the roundtable on Friday was the uh, the chaos in the Missouri Senate between whatever you want to call the, the leadership, Caleb Rowden, Cindy Laughlin, who is the Senate Majority Leader, and the Freedom Caucus, Bill Eigel, Senator Hoskins, et cetera. Nick Schroer is in the Freedom Caucus as well. So Cindy Laughlin... Laughlin is going to come on here and, and tell her side of the story. Now, it was interesting because, Fred, I don't know if you saw this. Well, we, I think we touched on this just a little bit on Friday. There was something that she had said about perhaps expelling Senator Eigel from the Senate, saying it needed 23 votes. Maybe we should try that. I think she's retracted right. those statements. But look, this this thing behind the scenes, I know that some of this gets out there in the media coverage, but I'm telling you, behind the scenes, on Twitter and on Facebook with some of the people making allegations against Caleb Rowden, who's the Senate pro tem, against Cindy and others. Uh, I don't play, and I've said this before, I don't play the rhino game, okay? Now, are there people who are rhinos, Republican in name only? (laughs) I remember, Fred, when we used to use that term, gosh, I've used it for a long time, well before it was in the uh, lexicon, and people would be confused. What are you talking about? And I would have to kind of describe that. Well, I think that you have a different situation here with the Missouri Senate. You have, Cindy in particular, who's going to come up here in a couple of minutes, is by no means uh, not a conservative. She's got a different tack than Bill Eigel. One of the things that I said on Friday, you know, I had people after we talked about this on the roundtable, let me pull this up, and the Twitter feed's been very active because I've been pouncing on this <laughs> stupid stuff about uh, Taylor Swift and Kelsey today. But let me go back to Friday's show because I remember this from uh, from the weekend, and I posted about this. Fred, I don't know if you saw this, but Senator Eigel obviously uh, – And, you know, some of this is petty, too, from the standpoint that they're talking about taking away his office furniture and things along those lines. Well, that's just parking space. Yeah. Some of this is is petty on the part of the leadership as well. But somebody there was somebody on Twitter that said this um, in response to something that we did, I guess, on the roundtable. I had to turn off Mark Reardon's show today. Jane Duker and the other two guys, I think one was a, quote, Republican, it was David Barklage, who's a Republican consultant, were calling the Missouri Freedom Caucus obstructionists and that y'all need to knock it off. Go back to the old ways. Give them hell, Bill. The main reason that I would say that they're obstructionists is, let's see how I can explain this. Well, because they are obstructionists. But the other thing is, is that, you know, and I responded this way. I don't know why that's so damn loud there. I've done that a few times. Um, Senator Eigel, we've known him for a long time, Fred. I would argue that Senator Bill Eigel has been giving him hell in Jeff City from the very moment that he got there, right? right? And he was on the State Charles County Council, wasn't he, before that? Yeah, Might this be is nothing about new. That. Maybe he was a state rep. State rep. State rep. There you go. So nothing new that Bill Eigel's been giving him hell in Jeff City. My question is, what has he achieved with all that hell? <clears throat> That's a rhetorical question, by the way. Coming back with more in a moment. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, do not miss, I implore you to not miss, my rant about the nonsense conspiracy theorists that are out there, including a former presidential candidate on the NFL fixing it with Taylor Swift for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, some of this stuff. It's Vivek Ramaswamy is spreading this nonsense, which once I started liking him, then he goes in the other direction. I always thought he was a little crazy. Uh, I think he is a little crazy. He handles the media well, but we'll get into that in just a few minutes. We have... Sue's News this afternoon done by Fred. Sue is out until tomorrow afternoon. we got Phil Holloway from Fox News talking about the Fonnie Willis case and um, some other things. Uh, we didn't really do much on Friday because it came in during the show on the uh, the crazy settlement in the Eugene Carroll. Well, not, not the settlement, but the order from the jury and the jury award on that. So we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But obviously one of the big stories around here in Missouri last week was the, uh, the chaos in the Missouri Senate. We talked about it quite a bit during the roundtable on Friday. We have the Missouri Senate majority leader who was I believe in the news a little bit last week. Cindy Laughlin from Shelbina. She's a Republican. She's a rhino, right? You're a rhino, Cindy. That's what people are telling me. How are you this afternoon? (laughs) You know, when I heard your ad, I thought, oh, no, (laughs) this is lead up to my segment. (laughs) Well, it is kind of. But, you know, look, I I don't know you. I've had some folks who've been trying to put us together just for a meet and greet, and I hope to do that at some point. But when I ask some people in Missouri, and these are people who would be, in my mind, true conservatives about you, is Cindy Laughlin a rhino. They say that you've got some pretty serious conservative credentials. But, you know, you're positioned right now where people don't believe that, Cindy. Well, I mean— the issue is that I've told people this before, um, you know, I, I, I would say that I was kind of an activist before I got elected in that I would come to the Capitol and try to promote what I thought was conservative policy. And most of that got ignored. But just the same, that's kind of my background. I mean, we were we owned a business. We have four sons. We have seven grandchildren. And I am a conservative person. But when you get into the Senate, you understand that every single senator, and there's 34 in total, every senator has equal power. And so even though I strongly believe something, even if I'm just a, a member, not, a, not in leadership, I can't go to everyone else and say, okay, this is what we're going to do because this is what I believe. You have to be willing to work with people. You have to be willing to compromise. And um, right now there's Lots of yelling on both sides of of the aisle and on both sides within our own caucus, and that's not very conducive to good policy. I still think a lot of people are confused, maybe even the host here, asking questions over what this is really about. Now, I I want your perspective. I've had Senator Eigel on. Maybe explain to the listeners what they're asking for, why you're not really willing to give it because of procedure and where this all stands right here on this Monday afternoon. Well, so— I met with Senator Eigel this summer and asked him what was important to him, and he said, I want to be the IP carrier. Well, Initiative of course, petition. He, 
Yes, so correct. people don't get lost, right? I just want to make sure the listeners know what we're talking about. Right. No, that's not, it's not your fault. I just want to make sure. Go ahead. And, you know, after after we talked about that a while, I think to myself, well, number one, you've never carried initiative petition reform. In general, nothing that's very substantive gets through in one year. So, like, Andrew Koenig has carried it. Sandy Crawford has carried it. Anyway, he said, well, you know, I found a way that I can bring a bill directly to the floor and bypass everyone. And unfortunately, I let that go in one ear and out the other. And um, as soon as session convened this year, we started with almost nonstop talking and filibustering. We hadn't even done anything yet. It takes a few weeks to get bills that have been filed into committee, have them heard, take public input, vote them out, take them into the Senate, put them on the calendar for full debate. So... Basically, what's been happening, at least from my view, is Bill and a few other people in his Freedom Caucus have kind of held the floor hostage, saying, we need to go to this right away. But at the same time, burning up all the floor time, and when someone is filibustering, committees cannot meet, nothing can be heard, nothing can be done. So, And just for uh, some perspective, I know last week, as of Wednesday or Thursday, the Senate was supposed to be in session for something like 16 hours, and about 15 and a half of that was taken up by filibuster. I don't know if there's updated numbers, but those were sort of the numbers from last week, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's um, it's very defeating to trying to get something done and have someone tie everyone up, complaining that we can't get anything done, while all all the while they're the ones tying it up where you can't get something done. And I thought his maneuver to bring a bill directly to the floor, there was no way that the Senate was going to allow that. I mean, there there are, I think, 12 initiative petition reform bills. They each deserve a hearing. So all those bills got referred last week, and they actually would have been referred the preceding week, except he stood up and filibustered for nine hours. So... Um, Anyway, they're in committee now. The committee is meeting now, hearing them. Uh, We are going to fast track those bills. We ask that the gubernatorial appointments be allowed to go through because they're holding those up. Many of those are just volunteers for different commissions or councils or boards. You know, so you're just constantly being held hostage, which then... Uh, creates a negative atmosphere and makes it very hard to get something done even when you get it to the floor. Okay, but let's kind of stop there. Senate Majority Leader Cindy Laughlin is here. Also, then, we got to address what happened last week. So then Caleb, the Senate Pro Tem, strips the committee assignments. They take a parking spot away from Bill Igel. There's a threat of removing furniture from the office. And you even said, and you're on the record as saying, look, if, if you could do it, you'd probably kick Bill Igel. You'd make a motion, kick Bill Igel out of the Senate. You need 23 votes. Now, I think you retracted that just a little bit, but I think there are people on the other side that would say, well, wait a second, leadership's kind of playing some games here, too, and getting petty. So how would you respond to that? Well, number one, I shouldn't have said that. I was talking to a group of press, and I, I learned a good lesson there. I thought, you know, I was talking to them in an informal way about what's it like being in the Senate right now. And I had just listened to a, about a 10-minute diatribe about what a terrible leader I was. And then I had to go down and talk to them. And I said, this is what it's like. It's not, it's not very good right now. And um, he should be careful about what he says. With 23 votes, he could be thrown out. Well, he knows that I'm not bringing a motion forward to do that. 
but it was stupid of me and childish of me, and it made me kind of stoop to a level lower than I should be, and, you know, I'll make sure I don't do that again. You talked about compromise and the willingness on the Freedom Caucus to compromise, but is, is there no compromise that's available from leadership when it comes to, because in, in my mind, and again, some of this gets in the weeds and it's hard to really, you know, sift through it. They feel like the priorities of Caleb, View and some of the other Republicans are out of whack with traditional conservatives in Missouri. So is there a way, I guess the question would be to say, okay, not to give in, but to say what, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but shouldn't there be a little give from leadership on what not just one member is asking for, but several members in the Freedom Caucus. Sure. And we passed initiative petition reform last year. I have basically the same goals that they have. But at the same time, you have to allow the process to work. And you can't create such a negative environment that when we do bring it to the floor, then we can't get the votes because that can happen. And this year, considering we started out with um, lecturing and filibustering and uh, last count filibustering 10 out of 11 days, I mean, that's what caused the committee chairmanships to be removed. Their furniture has not been removed nor threatened. Um, People are just tired of it. I mean, they don't mind people disagreeing with them, but people just want everyone to be treated fairly. You know, get their priorities to the floor. And last year was my first year to be to be the floor leader. And I promised them I will make sure your priorities get to the floor. I will make sure that you get fair and equal time. And I did do that. I published the statistics. I did that. So then for, you know, Bill and others to come in this year and say, you know, we tried to work for leadership last year, but we just couldn't get it done. So now we're going to draw a hard line. Well, what, what does that mean? They had, they had more bills on the calendar than anybody. Do you put all the Freedom Caucus members in, in the same group? Pardon? Do you put all of the members of the Freedom Caucus sort of in the same group? Uh, in other words, I may, just because, and I asked Caleb this last week, you have Nick Schroer, who's on my show quite a bit. He's a member of the caucus, but he wasn't stripped of committee chairmanship, so it seems like there's maybe a different treatment of some members in the Freedom Caucus versus others. Well... I mean, Nick kind of floats back and forth <laughs> between um, participating in the things that obstruct the Senate and not. And I think it's the obstruction that caused the people who lost their chairmanships to lose those. But do you understand? And, and look, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not really picking sides in this outside of the fact that this is kind of chaotic and I want sports wagering, Cindy. That's my issue, right? But can you understand <laughs> yeah. from a from a perception standpoint, I do think that there are a lot of people, and some of this goes to not understanding the process, this stuff, even for someone like me who's talked about it for decades. I've never been in the legislature. You guys have your way of doing things. But there is a sense and at least a perception that what Bill and some of the other senators are doing here is kind of fighting, you know, fighting for principles and fighting for the conservatives in Missouri and that you guys aren't. So whether or not they're chaotic and obstructionist might be a little bit besides the point from the standpoint that I don't know who's winning the PR battle here, but there's a sense that they're, you know, labeling you guys or tagging you guys with um, the prioritization issue, if you will. Yes. and And I think that that is actually not true and unfair that, but I do understand that they are talking to people all of the time 
and, and let's acknowledge that Bill is running for governor, and I believe that he has made this his, you know, his campaign. He's going to present himself as the only person really fighting for people. I believe in initiative petition reform. I believe in education reform. I believe in property tax reform. I believe in those things. I'd like to see them get done. And I'm not the only one, but I'm not in his, you know, group. So he's been talking, 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 and we we have basically not been talking. So it's no wonder people have that, uh, you know, understanding. You know, you said I got to ask you this question. You said every senator has equal power, but that that's confusing to me from this standpoint. You got Senator Hoskins out there. I mentioned the sports wagering. He seems to be the guy that's holding up um, some of these things on his own, isn't he? Yes, but that but that's the point. One person can kill anything. That's the equal power. If you don't want something to happen, you can stand up and talk and talk and talk and talk until eventually you kill it. Yeah. It, any it, any senator can do that. So what happens between now and May, um, Senator? Do do we have, you know, a sit down? Are, are you know, cooler heads going to prevail here to get something done in Missouri? Obviously, there's a constitutional responsibility on the budget, but I don't think a lot of people have hope for any kind of significant movement here. Well, I mean... I was able to kind of be the go-between between the two groups last year. I would like to do that this year. Um, Bill cannot move the goalposts every time there's a, a conversation, and he does do that. And he's already sent out a thing today saying that, you know, we can't do anything today until Caleb Brown and Cindy O'Loughlin resign. Well, you know, we're not going to do that. Right, right. Yeah. So that's not a serious conversation. I, I would argue that that is not a serious conversation. I'd agree with you on right. that. Right. Well, that's yeah. that's what's happened yeah. so far. Well, Cindy, thanks for coming on. I, I don't know where this takes us. It's uh, it's confusing. You are wise to point. Look, I said this before the break, and somebody was giving me trouble on Friday about, you know, Bill giving him hell. And my my response was, uh, he I, as long as I've known Bill Eichel, he's been giving him hell. But what has he achieved with all that hell? That's maybe one of the questions I want people to focus on. But, Cindy, I appreciate coming on. Thank you. Thank you right. for having me on. Take care. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You gotta fight for your right to party! Believe it, baby, we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one! Oh my God, Travis Kelsey, I don't think I have the right music here. Let's try this instead. You gotta fight for your right to party! First 
of all, before I talk about the Chiefs, let me uh, let me send condolences out to the Detroit Lions fans out there because as a Packers fan as well, I was rooting for you yesterday. I really was. I have a neighbor down the street. Stephen, if you're listening this afternoon, I was pulling for the Lions. I wanted the Chiefs and the Lions in the Super Bowl. Detroit <laughs> had some issues getting to the postseason, I think it's fair to say, over the years. But it just wasn't meant to be. They had a huge lead, and then they blew it. I guess that was a conspiracy as well. They didn't want some little city in the Midwest, Detroit. Detroit, Michigan, how many did they? That's what, like top 10 market in the country. You wouldn't want that. So they had to do something to make sure that San Francisco was there because the NFL is woke. Now, that's essentially what some people, I think, are saying on the other side of the equation today, and it's just laughable. One thing that I think is certainly true, like if I had to guess, uh, most of these people have never watched an NFL game before. So I started seeing this, and at first I thought it was kind of jokey, jokey, But alas, it's not, ladies and gentlemen. There's somebody named Jack Lombardi. I don't know who he is. I really don't. He's got 83,000 followers on Twitter. And here's what he said this morning. There was a fair amount of response to this. I have never been more convinced that the Super Bowl is rigged. With all the unneeded and unwanted Taylor coverage at the games, Casey's journey to the Super Bowl, totally scripted. Next, Travis and Taylor together at the Super Bowl, appearing happy. And in love. And then KC wins. God, I hope so. And then later announcing their support for Biden. Coincidental? No. Bought and paid for. Couple. SMH. I had to ask Abby what that meant. I never can get those little, you know, abbreviations. Like Chris Kerber sent me a message last week. And he, he used one of those. And I had to Google it because I'm not hip enough. So shaking my head, I think, is what it says. And Jack Lombardi the second says bookmark this post. Now, it'd be one thing if Jack Lombardi II, who I don't know who he is, was saying something along those lines. But you have um, Vivek Ramaswamy buying into this nonsense. Just when I was starting to like Ramaswamy for his handling of the media, he goes out and down a ridiculous rabbit hole. Let me see if I can have his uh, quote. Thinking about when Taylor Swift called out the Soros family in 2019 for buying the rights to her music and then how she came out a super liberal in 2020. This was, oh, no, this is Jack Posobiec. He's another one out there. It's crazy. Um, it, he, don't get me started, but wait, where is where is Vivek? Oh, yeah. So that's what Posobiec says, right? And he's got more followers than the other guy I mentioned. Then Vivek chimes in and says, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next eight months. Honestly, I don't even know where to start with this. It's so ridiculously stupid. First of all, you have a pop star and one of the biggest celebrities on the planet that leans left. Shocking, right? I guarantee you, I don't care how purist you are. There might be four or five of you out there who, in your life, don't follow people or watch things from big lefties in entertainment, whether it's music or things that you read, books, for example, or television shows and movies. And if you hide in a cave and you don't do that, God bless you, because you're one of five people probably on the whole planet who can do that. So why is there a shocker here that somehow Taylor Swift leans left? Why did the NFL need Taylor Swift's help, by the way? They've been growing each and every year. I I bet that Vivek Ramaswamy, as smart as he is, he doesn't even know what a false start means or pass interference in football. How much you want to bet on that one? And... Did the NFL have to manufacture this to sell tickets and to get ratings? Every Chiefs game is sold out, beyond sold out. In the, I, I checked on this this morning as well. 
in the past few weeks, the games, I do not have yesterday's ratings, all right? But I would I'd probably wager that the Detroit game was bigger in numbers than the Chiefs because it was on second. There was a reason it was on second, all right? So in the past few weeks, though, the games that included the Chiefs weren't even the most want, watched in the playoff games. Taylor was at all those. The, the biggest ratings came between uh, Baltimore and Houston last week. That was a big game. So Lamar Jackson, big draw there, right? Not Taylor Swift. Do you think that somebody got to Lamar Jackson, who might very well be the league MVP, and they told him to tank against the Chiefs? Or were the refs, you know, were the refs bribed to make Lamar do some bonehead things because he, uh, he started panicking at the end of that game? Wouldn't it have been easier? I'll ask this of Jack. Jack and Jack and Vivek, wouldn't it have been a whole hell of a lot easier for the NFL to conspire to help the Chiefs not lose six regular season games so they would have a home field advantage? That'd be easier to sell the conspiracy. God, you got to go all the way to San Francisco. You're not favored in the game, right? I don't know if this conspiracy is going to play out. How are you going to do that? And, and let's also just take the romance out of it for a second. Do you think the Biden administration, again, wouldn't want the endorsement of someone like Taylor Swift? Now, I've got people literally on Twitter today trying to make a couple of different cases to me. And I can't I don't have anything for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you think that this is real, if you think somehow there's a conspiracy to get this couple to endorse Biden. Now, will they endorse Biden? I have no idea. Right. But you'd expect it probably because she's not going to endorse Trump. I think anyone would like to have that endorsement. So then there's somebody that said, well, you know, I didn't see this attention out there when uh, Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson is married to another pop store, uh, Sierra, right? And they would show her occasionally in the suites as well. You, you can't you can't make any comparison to Sierra, who's essentially filling a size of venue like the Fox Theater or the Stiefel Opera House, right? Unless she's doing a festival with Taylor Swift, who's filling stadiums. Up there. Here's Doug Russell, a friend of mine from Milwaukee, who chimes in on my Twitter feed and says, I know her more from being Russell Wilson's wife, right? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I don't know where this stuff uh, comes from. I, I really don't. I don't know why people buy into it. I don't understand why people think that there could be something that would be this sophisticated uh, to get a team to the Super Bowl, but people buy into it. But I think most of the people that buy into it have never watched football before. They have no understanding of the game, they don't know what happened. Do you think? I'm going to sh- I'm just going to try this ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if this is the case or not. I really don't. But do you think that maybe the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl because they have one of the best coaches of all time in the league in Andy Reid? Do you think that it might have to do with the fact that they have a quarterback that might go down as the best quarterback to have ever played the game surpassing Tom Brady? Let's see what happens there in Patrick Mahomes. They have one of the best tight ends in T. Swifty's boyfriend to have ever played the game in history, right? They have one of the, I know this is a sore spot here for St. Louis, they have one of the best defensive coordinators in former Rams head coach Steve Spagnuolo in the history of the game. They got a guy right now who is um, not even the, wasn't even the starter running back that's tearing up the league and he looks like Aaron Jones did in the past few weeks. So I I just implore those of you out there, and I know there have to be a handful of people out there that are going to buy into this. I hope it's just a handful to maybe pay attention to the facts. There's no conspiracy, right? There's nothing of the sort. And the other thing about, you know, Travis Kelsey, most of the ads that he's locked down and we're getting a lot of Travis Kelsey, 
they were negotiated well before he was in any kind of romance with Taylor Swift. Okay, now the guy is cashing checks right now. Do I think he should be promoting the Pfizer vaccine? Probably not. But if I'm an NFL tight end and I have a limited time to play and I'm not so sure that I can, you know, marry Taylor Swift without a prenup, I'm probably going to cash as many checks as I possibly can as well, simply because you don't know how long you're going to have your career. But stop the madness, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, smart people are buying into this nonsense. It's laughable, but also kind of dangerous, I think. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.